Hello, and welcome to Tools to Create a Better Life with Myself, Glennie's Hughes. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you can hear my my sweet little kitty Toddy in the background, but she's just, she doesn't actually like when I talk. <laughs> I shouldn't say she doesn't like it, but she meows. Maybe she's talking back, I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so anyway, here I am. I know I have not been consistent with these shows and I'm not sure I will be. Who knows? I've really, if you listen to the show in January about blowing up my business, I've really, really allowed my business to guide me in when to do things and what to do and what's required and really get out of the points of views of what should be done and all that really sticky points of views. So this show, this show, (laughs) being present with grief. And this is, this is very very real right now in my world. Um, Usually I don't speak about things until I'm what I often refer to as on the other side of it. And in this case, that's not going to create greater. So if I was going through, you know, let's say a you know, I don't know, a friendship breakup and, and I had points of views and all those things, then yes, it is actually going to create greater for me to clear those and then speak to, um, speak about it from that place. In this case, with this grief, um, is there another side? (laughs) And, and so, you know, for yourself, this may not be the show for you to listen to because I'm just, gonna speak and I will probably cry and I will be really vulnerable and I will be really honest and depending on if you have grief or have grieved in the past and all of that this might be a really difficult show for you and maybe it won't be I actually have no clue what I'm going to talk about I mean gosh, I know what I'm going to talk about, uh, but I actually have no clue what I'm actually going to say. So anyway, use your awareness if this is the show for you at this moment. So being present with grief. (sighs) This week, we said goodbye to our sweet kitty Gromit. And if you're my Facebook friend, you would have seen him in many of my pictures. Now, Honestly, not as many as you might see Toddy in, because uh, Toddy is a cuddler. Toddy is a, you know, hold me all the time, please, mum type of kitty. And Grammy is, uh, well, very different. He definitely desires loving when he desires loving, uh, but he's big. He's like double the size of Toddy, even though they are brother and sister. And so he was often in funnier photos because he sat in the strangest of places and slept in the strangest of places. And just, he just, he is so magical. And when we originally moved up here to, uh, to our new place, he got very sick. Toddy actually did too. They both got very, very sick. And he actually got so sick that he had about 12 hours before we were to put him down um, because he wasn't eating. And the vet said, you know, 
he has to eat or, and of course, <laughs> if you have cats or have ever been around a cat, you know you can't force them to do anything. And what was so magical about that time was I actually had a bars class. So he told us this whatever day of the week it was, let's say it was a Monday. The next day I had a bars class. And so my first thought was, I am canceling that class because I don't think I can do, uh, like facilitate a bars class in that space of, you know, we may have to put Grammy down. Oh my gosh, Toddy, I'm not sure if you can hear her. This is so funny. So ah, she is adding her contribution and adding her part. Um, anyway, and so I went to the conclusion of I have to cancel the class. And what was so magical is that I actually asked a question and I asked, you know, truth, would it create the future I desire to cancel the class? Uh, or to, you know, to not cancel. And it was so going to decay the future to cancel, which I was shocked at, like, honestly, so shocked at. And yet, I listened. And I'm so freaking grateful I listened, because it actually gave us a couple more years with Grammy. What occurred was, uh, it was a small class, I think there was maybe three or four people in it. And one of them was a young gal who is just so magical. And uh, a cat whisperer is kind of what we called her a cat healer. When she laid down to get her bars ran, and she's tiny, I mean, she was, I think, 13 or something at the time. So this tiny girl laying on the bed and Grammy gets right on top of her. And that was his way if you ever had your bars or body processes done here or even sat on my couch, you know he was on top of you. And, uh, and so as I do with everybody, I just said, hey, do you want me to move him? And she said no. And I was like, oh my gosh, in my head, I was like, She's, he's going to crush her. Um, and he spent her entire session on her her entire session on her. And uh, yeah, he got off of her and he went and ate and he drank. And oh my gosh, it was so incredibly magical just to see that and just to know that that was the awareness I was having. And I did, you know, it's like the class was amazing too, but the gift it was for him and for us for that. And, and then I'm not sure how many times in the last two years he had this pancreatitis. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Um, and the vet said it could be from many things. He could have eaten a mouse that had some poison and it just affected his liver and created these, you know, I mean, there's so many different things it could be. Uh, and kind of like, we could have done investigation to see what it was, but hubby and I have always really been of the, the mindset that the quality of life is the most important thing for our cats. And so to put them through, you know, say investigative surgery and all the things, that's for us. That's not for them. And uh, anyway, in at um, during Global Foundation in February of 2020, uh, he was getting sick again, and I took him into the vet. They did the usual things they did with him, and this time it really didn't help him. And so <sighs> hubby and I made the choice. And it's one of those things, you know, that I'm so grateful that we can make that choice, and it's a fucking shitty choice. You know, it's it's all of it. It's all the things. I'm so grateful I didn't have to watch him suffer for days on end. And it's a fucking shitty choice. Um, and what was so nice 
was we made the choice on the Saturday night. So the vet came out on Monday morning. So we had all that time with him to just really be present. And what I would always do is like when he was on top of me, I would be like, okay, I remember this. I'll remember this, which is something that we don't always get the gift of. And, um, you know, people die suddenly, <laughs> pets die suddenly. And, and then it can kind of feel like we've been robbed of saying goodbye or having that time. And the other part is having, <laughs> having that time. So from Saturday night until Monday morning when the vet came, it was a gift and it was shitty too <laughs> because it was kind of just waiting and grateful and fucking shitty. <laughs> so all the things again. Um, and really what I'm so, so grateful about is yes, I, I, I get that Grammy is an infinite being and Grammy doesn't need a body to be with me. I mean, I get all those things. Believe me, I get them. Some of you may not know this, but I did work as a professional medium for 10 years. Uh, so I'm very aware that those without bodies are not, uh, are not gone or not lost. And there's still this aspect of grieving that... <sighs> that there's pieces to be present with. And this, I'm going to speak just for myself here, guys, you, you know, for you and everybody's grief is different and how you grieve. And I mean, I'm, this is Wednesday and we, we say goodbye to him on Monday. So this is still very fresh for me. Um, but I was, I became really aware of when I was pushing it away, when I wasn't allowing it, so to speak, or when I was, um, pretending or um, doing kind of the comfortable distance thing and, and all those things. It was, it was really amazing to me because if you would have asked me, you know, say six months ago, I probably would have told you that I wouldn't do those things. <laughs> and, and yet, man, those things are what I'm going to use air quotes as normal. Like, the cliches and the trying to make it better. And I, I noticed myself with hubby too. And, you know, at one point I was like, um, you know, we're never going to get cats again and we're going to get pet rocks. And, and I was, I was making a joke, but it was to avoid the discomfort of, of his grieving and, and I was aware of it the moment I said it, which I was again, so grateful for because then I could change it. And then I didn't have to. And anytime I went to say something in those moments, I could check in as to like, what is, like, what is this? What, what am I saying this for? Is it to stop his grieving? Is it to not be uncomfortable with his grieving? You know, like, where was it? And sometimes it wasn't that at all. And sometimes it was, you know, sometimes it really was. And it was like, and then I didn't choose to say it. And I really had allowance, more allowance, I would say, than any, any other time before for any grieving. You know, his, his mom died a number of years ago. And although she, you know, she lived in England, we didn't see her all that often. It was still his mom and they still, 
you know, had, had lots of memories and, and all the things. And I remember how difficult it was for me. Um, he, we knew she was dying. It was kind of just a waiting. And then we got the phone call. He was at work. I phoned him, uh, to let him know he came home. And I remember him walking into the house and I didn't know what to say. And it was like, I was supposed to say something. And I mean, now it's not wrong or anything like that, but I just look at that and I just like, wow, nobody really teaches us how to grieve or how we, how we are taught is how the people around us grieved when we first experienced grief. So my first experience with grief was my, my grandpa dying when I was nine and he was like my best friend in the whole world. And he went out to, to, um, on a trip and he actually had a heart attack while he was sleeping on the trip. And so he just basically went and never came home. And that was so jarring and so difficult. And, and I just kind of looked around at the people around me grieving and nobody, nobody knew how to. It was to shut it off. It was to pretend it wasn't going on. It was to not upset anybody. So you didn't want to cry in front of anybody because that was going to make them cry. Like, and I don't mean anybody's wrong for that. I just, it was just like, that was my first experience. And, and so then I had a friend die when I was in grade 10. And so I remember that it was like this, it's such a funny memory, but the, the day that we got word at, at the school that he had died, and the school, I think everybody maybe went to the gym or something. And so, of course, a lot of us girls went to the bathroom to wipe our tears. And I remember saying to a group in there, Scott would not want us to be upset. Like, <laughs> I mean, I laugh at it now because it wasn't even like it's I'd heard it on TV or something. And that was how I was dealing with the grieving. It was like looking externally and, and also make it go away stop it. Don't, don't do anything. And then my grandma died when I was 18 and, you know, kind of did the same sort of thing. And just, that's kind of been, and really from, from that grandma, that grandma, um, dying, I really haven't had a person die that I was close to, but I've had more cats die. And one of which was very sudden, very unexpected young cat, um, ended up with a heart thing. And then he died at the vet suddenly. And, and, and so, you know, having this time with Gromit really allowed me to have that space and to, I, I can't say prepare for it because I don't think you can prepare for it. It really is like such a difficult thing. And I know that a lot of people, um, obviously if you're not, if you're listening, probably not you, but a lot of people kind of, well, it's just an animal or something like that. But for those of us who have them like our kids, it's, it's a part of the family. It's a family member. And it's, it is a, a spot that's, that's different now. You know, even yesterday, last night, we went out and it was pretty much Toddy's first time at home by herself in nine years. And that just sounds so funny, I'm sure. But I was like, oh my gosh, maybe we shouldn't go out like poor Toddy all by herself. Now, I've got to tell you, I'm being dramatic here because Toddy and Grommy didn't like each other. So they were, they are brother and sister. And when they got fixed, they, 
stopped liking each other. And I did all sorts of clearings and things and all that, and it never, ever changed. And so this is, you know, they've spent the last probably eight years um, not liking each other, just tolerating each other, sometimes stalking each other. Um, and so, you know, for her to have the house to herself, I'm sure she was very happy. But it's that sort of like, it's so different. And so I can be, you know, walking down the hallway to go get my socks and burst into tears because, well, Gromit would always sit there, Gromit would always follow me or, you know, like those things that become like, and there would have been a time I wouldn't have allowed that. Now, I'm also aware of that possibility of going into the trauma drama of it. And, And so that's, something else that I'm watching because I have no desire for that. It really is the honoring of, I'm going to say like of my body by not having his body here. Is he here? Absolutely. Is it different? Absolutely. And it's that difference for me that is whatever it is in that moment. And it might be that we're laughing about a memory because he was just the craziest cat. And it might be that we're crying because he was the craziest cat. Like there's so many different pieces to it. And yet this level of presence, even the willingness to do this show two days later and be okay crying through it. That's amazing to me. And some of you might have seen my post on, on Facebook today, but we, we went out last night and, um, and I wasn't actually going to go. And I wasn't going to go because I can start crying at the most random things. And I realized I've never once stopped myself from going out because I might laugh. Never once. <laughs> In fact, if that was the case, I could never leave my house. So to actually stop myself from going out and socializing with friends because I might cry, that is ridiculous. And if I can't cry with friends, who the hell can I cry with? And I know part of that kind of like, oh, I shouldn't go was also the awareness of people's discomfort. You know, as I've been aware of my own discomfort when when hubby's been upset. And trying to make that my thing. And it's like it's not my thing. If I I didn't we didn't end up talking about Gromit last night and we didn't and I didn't have any tears other than laughter tears because <laughs> this one guy was being so silly and hubby actually snorted. And <laughs> I'm not sure I have ever heard him snort laugh like that in my entire life. And so I had some tears, but totally different tears in that respect. So we didn't talk about him. We didn't, uh, so I didn't have, you know, the, the ugly cry or anything. And I was willing, I was totally willing. And I didn't even say to hubby, I was going to, I was going to say to him, can you please not talk about grommet? So I don't cry. That's, I was actually going to say that. And I thought, you know what? One, if hubby requires to talk about it for his journey, who am I to say he shouldn't for me so I'm not uncomfortable? And what have we decided that, what have I decided crying is? 
that it isn't? How come I put so much value on, oh, we laughed all night, it was the best night ever, or I cried all night, it was the worst night ever? Like those are, to me, really bizarre, bizarre things. Now, (laughs) again, not something I've really put a lot of thought into or really even been aware of, um, because I never had this level, I was never choosing this level of consciousness through any of the other deaths, uh, people or pets or anything, relationships. I mean, grief doesn't have to be just because someone no longer has a body. Grief can be that a marriage end, ends, a friendship ends, a business partnership ends. I mean, grief grief can be in so many different ways. And I just wonder how much more we can be in allowance of ourselves with what is but not, again, from that trauma drama. Like, to me, that that's an important piece because I can, you know, I can go into my head and bring up stuff, uh, you know, of, say, like, the, the vet being here and, and Gromit had been, um, like, wasn't hydrated enough, which I knew was a possibility, uh, you know, and so they took a couple times to get the, the injection site in, and that was very difficult, That was very, very difficult. And so I can go there (laughs) in my head, but I know that that's not grief. That's actually the trauma drama. That's actually the, the junk, the stuff, the distractions that I would use to, you know, hold all the crazy in place. And so when I do go there, I just pock and pot it. And of course, if you know me, you know I use the whole clearing statement. I just go right, wrong, good, bad, all nine, pot, pot, shorts, boys, and beyonds. Not as a way to push it away, because yes, that did occur. Yes, it was fucky, fucking shitty. And I, it's not going to create greater for me to go over and over that in my mind. So I don't know if that makes sense, but hopefully it does, because... The grief piece to me, the allowance of that and however it's going to show up, that is the piece that can create the space and that can show up as, you know, bawling or laughing or screaming or, I mean, all the things. But when we're finding that drama, when we're looking for, when we're remembering the stuff that is bringing up the the say the emotions to bring up more emotion and then to make ourselves wrong and to guilt and to all it's like that's that's not to me personally that doesn't create greater that just keeps me looping and looping and looping yeah so one of the cats that we had his name was Bailey and he was (laughs) he was actually the neighbor's cat we lived in Vermilion at the time in the town of Vermilion and this neighbor had two cats and one I think was very, very shy and Bailey was not. And so anytime that he was let outside, he would come over to our house and our, we had one cat at the time. His name was four by six cause he had six toes on each foot and hubby had him, uh, for years before I came into the picture. And, uh, so Bailey would come and visit and Bailey was younger and more of a kitten. And so we just had so much fun and hubby. I remember he put this pretend mouse on the end of a fishing rod. And so he would like throw it and Bailey would run after it and then he'd like reel it in. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so, so much fun. And eventually, (laughs) eventually Bailey moved in with us and he spent 
most of his time, if he wasn't playing, he was sleeping on the back of the couch, which the the couch was pushed up against the window, the front window. And so if you walked by our house, you would have seen him sleeping on the couch. Anyway, <laughs> she came over, the neighbor came over once and she said, have you guys seen Bailey? I haven't seen him for two weeks. <laughs> and we were like, um, yep. He's been here. And uh, and so we were laughing at how, because she walked to work every day, at how she never saw him, even though she walked by twice a day. Anyway, so when we found out she was moving, I sent hubby over and I said, beg her to let us keep him. Like, beg her. What, whatever, if she wants money, you tell you, whatever she wants, let her, you know, let us keep him. And she did. She let us keep him and he was, oh my gosh, he was so sweet. And, and then he did, he had one day where he was breathing kind of funny. My friend and I took him into the vet and, uh, and he had some sort of heart thing going on. And when the vet went in to release some of the pressure, it actually gave him a heart attack and he died. And, I was so traumatized. It was so, it, it was so beyond the, like, no, this doesn't happen. He was young, you know, all the things. Anyway, the first couple of days, I kind of just walked around in a total daze. And by the Friday, I was going out that night. And in Friday afternoon, I'm like, okay, I've really got to deal with this because I was going out drinking and I was pretty sure if I didn't deal with it um, before I started drinking, I was going to end up in one of those like really sad, soppy, blah, blah, blahs. So I dealt with it. I got so mad. I cried. I was on the floor in my session room. I was just feeling all the feels, going through all the things. And at the end of it, I just said, Bailey, please please let me know you're okay. Oh gosh. So then that night I, you know, got all dressed up, went out with the friends and actually had a really good time. It was, it was a nice change. Got back the next morning and hubby said to me, he said, you know, I had the weirdest thing occur. And he said, I was doing, he was playing around on his computer, not doing anything with printing or photos or anything. And he said, all of a sudden, my whole system shut down and then restarted. And he just said, when it restarted, it printed off this picture. And he showed the picture to me and it's Bailey. And, and it's a picture that we took of Bailey uh, I think Rodney was playing, Rodney, of course, his hubby, uh, was playing with a toy. And so Bailey's looking up. And so the toy isn't in the picture. There's the picture of him looking up. And uh, oh my gosh, it was just, it was so, such a beautiful gift, such a beautiful gift. And I was like, I just grabbed the picture out of his hand. I just started crying. And I was like, oh, he's letting me know he's okay. He's letting me know he's okay. And uh and hubby was like, okay, well, I'll print off a better copy. And I'm like, no, this is the only copy I want. And you know, I don't even know what year that was. We sold that house in 2002. So I'm going to guess the late 90s. I still have that picture. I taped it up on the inside of my office desk when I got this one new, which again, is not new now, but probably it's 20 years old. Um, and I taped it up on the door and it's still there. So when I go in that door, I still see it. And, and I, 
I'm just so grateful for that. And so with Gromit, I didn't really ask him that because it's different now. Back then, I didn't have awareness the way that I have it now. I didn't have questions the way I have now. Um, although, I mean, asking him to show me he was okay was definitely a question. But I was able to really commune with with Gromit, just as I am with Toddy, uh, and w- with all animals, actually. I've, that's one of the, the capacities that I have, is to, to commune with animals. And so, you know, I was able to ask him if he was ready to leave his body. And... Even though I didn't want it to be a yes, <laughs> I was willing to hear it. And so what we did then, like, with that, I was able to ask. So on the Sunday, the vet wasn't able to come out, but we could take him into the vet. And on the Monday, I, you know, the vet could come out. And my concern was the dehydration and if he was suffering, because a lot of animals don't show how much pain they're really in. Uh, and so I just asked him, I just asked him, I'm like, buddy, do you require to go today? Truth tomorrow with the vet coming here? Truth. And it was so clear that he could make it until Monday. <sighs> and that even, you know, even with the vet having to do the injection a couple times and all of that, I just got that the not driving in, which was very traumatizing for him, and also for Rodney and I, to not have to go in and take him in and have that, that extra trauma. For all of us, how much of a gift that was, and the willingness and, and the gratitude that I have for being able to ask him, and him being able to tell us and let us know And then having that last night with him was just so incredibly magical. Because he slept with me the whole time. And he did this thing that for, well, really probably until the last couple days once we made the choice, annoyed the fuck out of me. (laughs) Because what he would do is if he wanted your attention is he would put his paw on you and then he would put his claws out and he didn't scratch, but he just like a little gentle, like, hello, I need your attention. And so what he would often do in the middle of the night when he felt he slept enough was he would get on top of me and then he would put his paw down by my neck (laughs) and then the claws would come out and oh God, the amount of, you know, just grab it, stop it, grab it, get off, grab like all the years and all the frustration. Or, I mean, again, if you've been here, you know, you might even have been laying on the table trying to get your bars ran and he's doing the whole claw thing on you because you stopped petting him. Um, and the way that I've always defined him and Toddy is Gromit is a pusher and Toddy is a puller. So Gromit will push you, he will get on you, he will push his way into your heart, and Toddy will keep her distance but pull you to her. And so this is part of the pushing was that getting on top, putting the claw. Uh, And so when he did it on Sunday night, you know, (laughs) I was so grateful for it, as funny as it sounds, but I was so grateful for it. And, uh, and he just, 
he just stayed there. And then we moved out to the couch for a little while and I went and, you know, helped him eat cause he needed, um, he didn't ever like soft food, uh, which is kind of strange. I'm not sure I've ever met a cat who didn't like soft food, but what I would do then when he got sick, because the crunchy food seemed harder for him to manage is I would grind it up in my uh, mixer thing and add a little bit of water and so kind of make soft food out of his hard food and he would eat that so we got up I think twice in the night and I fed him and he had lots of water which I was so grateful for too uh, because I knew I knew he was you know dehydrated and stuff so he had lots of water and food and we'd go back to sleep and he would do um you know, get on top of me and we would sleep for a few hours and then he would do the claw thing. And, oh gosh, it just was so magical in that sense, you know, in that sense. And then being present with it, knowing that, that, you know, when I woke up that morning, it was like, one, being so grateful that he wasn't going to be suffering anymore, but also knowing that it meant that we would be saying goodbye to his body. And the gratitude for it all, like, I, I know that, I mean, I joked about getting pet rocks, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the, the grieving part to me is really, it is like laughter. It's part of living, because you can avoid grieving, but then that means you have to live so separate. You have to not, not care, I would say. And I'm not willing to do that, you know, as, as not fun as maybe this is to go through the memories that we have of that guy and what he contributed to our life the past nine years, you know, and he wasn't even supposed to be our cat, of course, uh, he pushed his way in. And so the story with Gromit and Toddy was that, uh, one of my sister's her she has outdoor cats and one of her mama outdoor cats had I don't know what it was six babies and she then there was a big storm and she went missing so we had six babies to feed uh they were like two weeks old their eyes weren't even open excuse me and uh we were all up at the cabin and and all you know managing these babies and it was just it was a tough time but we made it and, uh, and Gromit and Toddy, I, I knew I was taking Toddy home from the moment that I met her. And as I was going to pick them up, my mom said, well, we don't have a home for this guy. Why don't you take them both? And I'll find him a home, which I knew meant we would have them forever. And it's so funny because even all these years later, when Rodney sees my mom, he would say, have you found a home for Gromit yet, Carol? <laughs> Knowing full well that we would have never given him up in a million years, but it was just always this ongoing joke. And so he pushed his way in at the beginning and... contributed so much to us and to everyone, really, like everyone who met him. Uh, I know he was a bit much for some people and, and that's okay. And sometimes I did, I had to, you know, if we had classes here, I would put him outside cause he, <laughs> he was pushy. Uh, and he was so, so, so sweet and so, so amazing. 
And the night that, the Monday night, uh, hubby put his bed in the wash to, to, uh, in the washing machine to wash. And the next morning I was down here in my office with Toddy and she'll often just get into my arms and I will kitty snuggle her for as long as I can. Uh, but I do sometimes need both of my hands to do computer work and stuff. And so I'll often just then put her in the bed that I have sitting on my desk. So on Tuesday morning she came, she snuggled for a while and then I went to put her in the bed and the bed was gone. And I was like, oh, okay, well, hubby must have grabbed it when he put the other one in the wash. And then on Wednesday, <laughs> I noticed, or sorry, Tuesday, um, Tuesday afternoon that I went looking for it in the washing machine and the dryer and all the places because he had, he had said he'd put the other bed in another spot. And I just said, well, well, then where is Toddy's bed? And he's like... I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, didn't you wash her bed? He's like, does she even have a bed? And I said, yeah, the one in my office. He's like, no, I never washed that. And then we were like, what? So where's the bed? <laughs> anyway, it was under my desk, which I really took to be like a little hello from Gromit uh, because it's never been under my desk. It's never been anywhere except sitting on the desk. There's been nobody here other than hubby and I, and like, the, it's just, it was just so cool. And I'm just so grateful to receive the, you know, the messages, the magic. And to, I, I, it's not that I think that he's not okay. It's not that I think that actually anything for him, the, the grief, the, the tears, the sadness, it's all for me. It's all, all for me. None of it is about him. I know he had an amazing life. I know that because I was part of it and, and we did everything we could for them. And we'll always, you know, um, our pets are like our kids and that is just the way that it is. And there's a lot of people who do pets different uh, and that's just not us. And, and I'm you know, however you want to work with your pets is, is up to you. But we, we are so grateful for the ones that have touched our lives. Uh, we've kind of been talking, of course, about all of them recently. Uh, we had Friendly, who was, uh, she came with our house when we bought an acreage just outside of Vermilion. And she was living there and she was the only cat around that hadn't been, uh, or had been fixed. So she was a very friendly cat, hence the name. And we had just put four by down uh, because he was very sick. And within a day, she had moved into the house. <laughs> so we often joked that we, we got the house for free, but we paid the mortgage on friendly. Uh, and then of course we had four by, I talked about already Rodney's cat from before me. And we also had a cat called Wallace. And Wallace was originally named Tooties from his previous owner, uh, who was from New Zealand. And I'm not sure what it, what that meant there, but anyway, it was just the name. And he was so amazing. And he had um, his owner. So so Oscar was his name was moving into um, a senior's place where he couldn't have cats. And Wallace was a very timid kitty. He had a very rough upbringing. Uh, and so he, what Oscar knew is that Wallace would need a home that 
was quiet and kind and that if he couldn't find that that he was going to put him down because it was the kindest thing to do he knew he couldn't go to a like an SPCA or shelter or something and so what Oscar said to his friend is if I can't find somebody by whatever it was Thursday morning we'll take him and put him down and they went to find uh, Wallace on that Thursday morning and Wallace wasn't there and Oscar wondered if in all the moving uh, that maybe Wallace had ran away. And we agreed Thursday night uh, to take him. And so my friend phoned Oscar to tell him Oscar went straight over to his old home to check. And there was Wallace sitting on the step waiting for him. So he knew he knew he just had to bide his time and we would we would say yes. So he moved in with us. So he was he spent time, so we had Forbes and Bailey at the same time, and then Wallace and Friendly at the same time. And then Wallace spent some time with Grammy and Toddy when they came into the picture. Uh, and then now, now Toddy. And we're good. We're good with one cat for now. Uh, we're not looking, we're not interested. This isn't, um, you know, something you can replace. This is just... One is really, really good right now. And one of the things we've always said about Toddy is that she would love to be the only cat in the house. She is the queen. She is, she's a puller, of course, as I've already said, but she is the queen of the house. And so um, I know that she maybe thinks like, you know, it's different for her, but she also gets both of us to herself all the time. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so some tools when you're grieving with whatever one, don't make yourself wrong. You know, don't do the old, well, it was just a pet or it was just a career or, you know, like whatever it is, don't downplay it for you. I mean, maybe there's people who can't hear you talk about it. You know, like if, if you know that people don't, you know, your friend doesn't appreciate uh, I don't know, pets at all. Maybe don't talk to that friend about it. Talk to the friends who do understand that. Um, but don't downplay it. Don't don't try to push it away or shut it off. And also don't dramatize it. Really look at, and, and the word we use in access is the inventions. Like, because inventions are the stories. So again, when I go into the, oh my gosh, they had to go to more spots. We should have taken them in, sit, like all that. That's inventions. Because what I know for sure is that Grammy told me. Gromit let me know. I asked him. He told me. Simple as. So, you know, really don't downplay it, but also don't invent any stories and allow it to be what it is for you in that moment. So if it is crying, if it is screaming, if it is eating ice cream, if it is taking time off of work, if it is like whatever you require, allow yourself that space. And then those, what we call distractor implants. So blame, shame, regret, and guilt are often, there's more than that, but those are often the ones that we play with when, when somebody dies. Of course, it can also be anger, rage, fury, and hate. Those are also distractor implants that we can play with when somebody dies. So you really just want to be aware that those are distractors. Those are not going to create greater. So if you go into, oh, I should have, or I shouldn't have, stop, stop. 
destroy and uncreate it all. And then what I would use is everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. And nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be, which is the crazy phrase from access consciousness. And I would just use that over and over and over because our brain is playing with that distractor of say guilt. You need to give it something else to play with. And I love the crazy phrase for that. And then be willing to utilize your awareness so that you can still commune with whoever. So you can ask them yes or no questions if that's required. It may or may not be depending on on what the case is, but just to give yourself that space and also be willing to ask them for a sign. Hey, let me know you're okay. Let me know you're good. And and we do know they're good. (laughs) We know that. And... You know what? It's nice to have proof. I was grateful to see the bed under the desk where it's never been in our entire time here. I was grateful for that. So be willing to have that and be willing to look at what you require to, to, I don't know, I was going to say work through the grief, but that's not, that's not the word I mean. To be with the grief. Do you know what? To be present with the grief and look at where you're making it right or wrong. You know, my example of going out and, you know, not wanting to cry, but I've never considered not laughing. Like, what have we decided about tears? Or even the, you know, the term ugly cry, we make that so wrong. Or people say, oh, I hate to cry in public. Who does like it? Like, (laughs) I don't know anybody who's like, oh my God, I can hardly wait to cry in public again. Like, (laughs) I just don't know anybody. And yet, It's a part of us being, it's a part of us living, and it's a part of us loving. And so if we can allow ourselves that and know your audience, you know, I mean, if I'd have walked into that event last night and and been like, you know, sobbing from the moment we walked in till the end with this whole story, you know, like, no, probably not would have created greater, Uh, but just allowing it, allowing it and not apologize for it. You know, let's stop apologizing when we cry. We certainly don't apologize when we laugh. I mean, sometimes I do because I can be loud or sometimes it's inappropriate. Uh, But for the most part, I do not apologize when I laugh. So, and then the other one that I have been utilizing a lot is the mantra. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. Because this is it, guys. This is not that everything's always perfect that nobody we love never dies, you know, like it's, this is part of it, all of life. Even when people choose not to be in their body anymore, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. Yeah, over and over and over and over. At least 10 times in the morning and 10 times at night and whenever else you require it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening in. I am incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look forward to chatting with you next time I chat with you.